Did you get to Hebrews chapter number 11? This great chapter of faith. I have a question for you this morning. There is a Christmas carol that's a bit repetitive, but it asks of us a question. Carol is, do you see what I see? Said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. It goes on and the little lamb to the shepherd boy, the shepherd boy to the king and the king to the people. But the question is asked, do you see what I see? And I am posing that question to you this morning. You understand that at Christmas time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And the fact of the matter is, is the entirety of the world at that time could have seen Jesus. But they didn't have the eyes of faith. When they looked up into the sky, they just saw a bright star. But those who had faith saw the star of Bethlehem. And they knew there was something special about that. And faith caused them to move, to go from where they were to go see the promised Messiah. They didn't have anything other than the word, the prophecy. But when they saw the star, when the angels appeared to them at night, there was faith that moved them. And here in Hebrews chapter 11, this great uh, chapter of faith that is called the hall of faith, we see in verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the question is posed to you this morning, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Faith is used 247 times in the King James Bible. We know the importance of faith in our lives as believers. We understand that. That topic is something that we are certainly interested in. It's a part of many of our conversations. It is something that we desire to learn about and choose to or strive to harness the power of faith for our lives as believers. So I'm posing the question to you today is, can you, with eyes of faith, see what God would have you see? First of all, we would like to look at the principle of faith as presented here in verse number one. He says, now faith. Now faith. Faith is something that every single believer had in order to come to Jesus Christ and should have as part of their life. There are more definitions of faith than you can shake a stick at. Because it's so central to the believer's lives, there's been so many ways that faith has been described. This verse in and of itself is a biblical definition of faith. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I don't know that you could do any better than the description or the de definition that God gives us with regards to faith. One man said it's, in it's a matter of being able to see what God wants you to see. It's a conviction of the truth of God. So faith is simply taking God at his word. 
taking God at his word. You know, there's been some times in my life, <laughs> I got a lot of ground to cover today, uh, where I've played a thing with the kids, you know, and you have some money in one hand or candy in the other, and, you know, you're telling the, the kid, listen, either hand you're going to win something, but, but you get to pick. And they're, they're like, they don't want to pick because they don't, they don't want to lose the chance to get the candy, you know, and, and you can decide which one you want. Either, either hand you'll get something, and they don't believe you. Oh, no, no, no. They don't have faith to take me at my word. Faith is taking God at his word. We need to understand that uh, it's one thing to believe that God can. Do you believe God can this morning? Has God showed himself strong in your life and you've become to the place that you've decided uh, that God can? Amen. I, I think we, we believe that. We, we look at it and we say, well, of course he can. I mean, he is God. Yes, he can. But it's another thing, beloved, to believe that God will. You see, it's one thing to acknowledge and understand that, yes, God is God and God can. But it's another thing to believe that God will for you. We may look at it and say, well, I know God can, and I know God will for so-and-so, or I know God will for this brother or this sister in Christ or for that person, but I don't believe that God will for me. So our faith is lacking in that area. Faith is critical to the Christian life. It's supposed to be every part of our life. We know by Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that for by grace are ye what? Save through faith. Faith is where we come to Christ and we put our trust, faith and trust in him and him alone. It's through faith and not by works, lest any man should boast. We know that we're saved through faith. We know that we walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight, amen? We know that we're kept by faith, 1 Peter 1, 5 says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. We're kept by faith, faith in God, Charles Kinsley said, I do not want to merely possess faith. I want faith that possesses me. That's what we need as God's believers. We know that Martin Luther, that uh, uh, stalwart of faith, is attributed or has said, the just shall live by faith. That statement in his 95 thesis started the Protestant Reformation. But you know, he was just quoting Paul. Paul said it three times in the New Testament that the just shall live by faith, but Paul was just quoting Habakkuk. Habakkuk said the just shall live by faith. We see the biblical definition given to us here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance. You know, the substance is something of substance. It's, it's something of of. of like a foundation, you could say. Like this building is strong and stable because it has a strong foundation. It is the substance that this building is resting upon. It is the substance which makes this building very stable and sound. You don't see it. You can't necessarily feel it. A lot of times you might not ever even think about it, but it's there and it's what gives the strength to the building. The faith of the believer is not something necessarily see or that you can grab a hold of and feel, but it is something that's in your heart that is the foundation of your faith. I need a couple of helpers this morning. I actually need three, and these three young gentlemen right here look very strong. And, and uh, Matthew, would you mind helping? All right, and, and Lucas and Caleb, would you mind helping? You boys, come on up here. We're going to uh, get them involved. 
in, in illustrating this. All right. Matthew, you're going to be Jesus. Okay. So you want you to step right up here. You're, you're, you're Jesus. Okay. Okay. Caleb, you're going to be faith. Your faith. So you're going to, you're going to step right here. And you are a Christian. Are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. Yes, Amen. Okay. I want you to put this blindfold on. The Bible says that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. This is faith. Faith follows Jesus. But the saint can't see where he's going. So he needs something to hold on to. Jesus, take that. Faith, take that. The saint, you take this. Now, Jesus, you lead them where you want them to go. Go ahead, go around that way, up on the stage, around, wherever you want to take them. You see, substance is the rope. He is able to follow as long as he has that substance. The substance of things hoped for. Make your way back across. This is the, the picture. It's not something that's not there, pie in the sky, that you can't feel or know or don't have any idea what it is and you're feeling your way around in the dark. No, Jesus is leading us. Faith is connected to him and we are connected to faith by the substance of things hoped for. Thank you, guys. You can set that down. Faith is that rope. Faith is the substance. It's something that we have that you can hold on to, that you can feel. It is present. It is there. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, evidence is something that's proof. Somebody said, you know, if you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Well, evidence is proof. Would there be enough proof to convict you of actually being a Christian? So evidence is the proof. Our proof may not be evident with the physical eye, but it verifies that God is working in your spirit. The proof is what God has done in your heart. The proof is what God is doing in your life. You know, you cannot see what an antibiotic is doing. When you take that pill, you're taking that by faith. You can't see what it's doing. You don't see how it's attacking that illness or that infection or, or how, how effective it is. You start to take that. And, but after a couple of days, there begins to be some evidence, Right? that it is working because the infection starts to subside. I had an abscessed tooth a couple of weeks ago and uh, it wasn't that bad, but I went to the dentist and saw him and he's like, okay. He's like, do you need any pain meds? I said, no, I've got a high pain tolerance. I don't need any pain meds. I'll be fine. He said, okay, well, we'll see you on Tuesday to take care of this. Well, on Sunday, it got bad. But praise the Lord, I had some leftover pain meds (laughs) from when I hurt my back. I had some medicine. I had something that was necessary, and I took that by faith. But after a few hours, there was some evidence that it was starting to work. And that's what happens in the life of the believer. Could any of you testify this morning there's been some evidence that your faith has met in reality, that God has done something in your life? Maybe you stepped out by faith, and you weren't sure what God was doing, and you didn't understand what it really meant. Like God says to go to church, and you say, okay, I'm going to be in church. And you weren't really sure how important it was or why you were doing it, but you've seen God change your life. Can anybody say amen? Amen. That's the evidence that starts to come and show itself up. I'm glad that we have evidence of our faith today. 
Augustine said, faith is to believe what we do not see. The reward is to see what you believed. That's the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is stepping out in obedience and doing, taking God at his word and doing what God wants you to do. Amen? Maybe you don't even realize how important it is or why or what's going to be accomplished in that. But as you do it, you begin to see some evidence in your life, some proof of God on the scene. And in doing things that cannot be explained any other way. So we see the principle of faith that's be present in our life. And we see the praise of faith in verse number two. The praise of faith. I'm hoping to get through all four of these verses, but I want you to see here, he says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Wow. He says here, for by it. By what? By faith. It was by faith that the elders obtained a good report. You know, the early church was going through tremendous persecution. They were persecuted because they had decided to, by faith, follow Jesus Christ and turn away from the law. That wasn't received very well in society. People didn't like that, and they became followers of Christ, and they left the adherence to the law, and they were persecuted. They were attacked for it. But God gives those new saints here in Hebrews chapter 11. He's telling all of those new saints that started to follow the Lord. He says, hey, this thing of faith is not something new. Contrary to some people's false opinions that faith is a New Testament doctrine, I want you to know that he says here it goes all the way back to the children of Adam and Eve, to Cain and Abel. That exercise of faith and following God and doing what God wants you to do by obedience, we see the examples given to us, the men of faith listed in this chapter. I'm glad that not only does God give us a definition of faith, but then he gives us some real life examples that we can learn from as we study their life and see how faith was exercised and lived out in their life. We can apply it to our life and say, that's what I want to do. I want to be like that. I want to have that kind of faith. We learn a couple things by these examples that he's given to us. First of all, it's exciting that we learn that faith is available for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, or where you came from. Faith is available to you. In this list here, people that were praised for their faith, (coughs) there's men like Noah and women like Sarah. There's men who are high and uh, lifted up or, or lofty in the world's eyes like King David and men who were the least of their tribe, like Gideon. You could be a soldier like Joshua, or a slave like Moses' parents, and still be praised for your faith. You could come from a rough background like Rahab the harlot, or you could be religious like Abraham, and still be praised for your faith. It's exciting to see that faith is available to all. Abel worshipped God and Enoch walked with God and Noah worked for God. These men praised for their faith. We see the men who were praised, but there's also a message of praise given here. He said they finished their course. He he says you've obtained a good report. 
they finished what God gave them to do and they obtained a good report. This is all that's necessary for you and I to be praised for our faith is to do what God said to do. Amen. Just do what God tells you to do. You know, I'm excited and thrilled when my children do what I asked them to do. When, when they accomplish just something that I've asked of them. And, and God is the same way. He's, he, he praises here. Listen, you understand that God glorifies faith because faith glorifies God. When you live by faith and do what God wants you to do and act in obedience in accordance to his word and what he asks of you, it glorifies him. And God says, that pleases me. And God praises these men. They obtained a good report. We know, beloved, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. But with faith, we can obtain a good report. With faith, not only can we please him, but he'll praise you for it. So I ask you this morning, do you see what I see? The possibility of pleasing him? The possibility of him praising you, giving you a good report? Oh my, how I want a good report. William Newton Clark said, faith is the daring of the heart to go farther than it can see. Can you in faith go farther than you can see? Farther than you thought you might have? And ultimately obtain a good report. That's what faith does. We see thirdly this morning, the power of faith. The power of faith in verse number three. Would you read slowly and articulately with me the first four words of verse number three? Read them out loud all together. Through faith we understand. Let's say it again. Through faith we understand. That's the power of faith. It is through faith you understand. There's some things in this Christian life that you don't understand right now. You look at it and you think, boy, that's nuts. This is crazy. That doesn't make any sense. I don't really understand that. You see, it's through faith that you understand. The example given to us in the verse is the example of creation. He says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It is amazing, beloved, how the evolutionist will demand scientific evidence when it comes to creation. They'll say, oh, we don't believe in creation because it takes faith to believe that. We, we only believe in the things which can be proven, the things which you can know by scientific evidence that is fact, and that's why we're evolutionists. It is mind-boggling that they will live in blissful ignorance when it comes to the theory of evolution. 
Beloved, the second law of thermodynamics, which is an irrefutable fact, an unchangeable law of science, Physicist Lord Kelvin stated it this way. He said, all natural systems degenerate when left to themselves. That is the second law of thermodynamics. It is an unchanging law. Every single provable fact throughout history, scientifically proven, shows that when things are left to themselves, they degenerate. They do not evolve. They do not get better. You can take a complex compound, and if it's left to himself, over time, the compounds will break apart. They'll fall down. They'll make simple, uh, simpler and simpler and simpler compounds. You can have a cleaning solution that cleaned really well when it was new, but if you left it on yourself for several years, those compounds break down, and it doesn't clean near as effectively. You think, well, all the chemicals are still there, but left to themselves, they degenerate. The amount of money that is spent every single year on cosmetics which is simply an effort to fight against the second law of thermodynamics, should prove to everybody that evolution is not true. Things do not improve given enough time. It's mind-boggling that the evolutionists would say they don't use or exercise faith. Beloved, but it is through faith that we understand. He's given us here the most powerful example. It's through faith and we say it up front and without hesitation that we accept it by faith that God spoke the world into existence. It says here that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God said it and it happened and he said it was good. It's through faith that you understand that. The power of faith is that it gives you understanding It'll make you smart in an ignorant world. The world came into existence just as how God decided it, wanted it to. He framed it. He formed it. Have you ever built anything? A shed? A doghouse? Anything that you decided you wanted to build. I built my first doghouse when I was probably 10 years old. Borrowed dad's tools, borrowed some lumber that he wasn't happy that I borrowed, <laughs> and I built a doghouse, roofed it and everything, shingles on it. Uh, you know what? In my mind, I had an idea. I framed up in my mind what this doghouse was going to look like. I'm not sure why the doghouse didn't look anything like that, <laughs> but as I got older, and got a little more skill, when I, when I pictured something, I pretty much could make it happen. And that's God decided in his mind what the world was going to be like, and he spoke it into existence. It's through faith that we understand these things. And it's through faith, beloved, we understand the things in this book that sometimes are on face value. We look at and say, boy, that, that doesn't make sense to me in my flesh. I mean, how is it that in order to increase, I'm supposed to decrease? How is it that in order to give, I'm sorry, in order to get, I'm supposed to give? These things don't make sense, but by faith, we trust what he said. We take God at his word. And that is the power of faith. Somebody said, it takes faith to live and faith to die. Faith to not ask why.
Faith to learn and faith to teach. Faith to practice what we preach. Faith to work and faith to pray. Faith to trust and faith to obey. That's what we do through faith. Lastly, this morning, can I give you the practice of faith? In verse number four, we see the first example given to us, the practice of faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. This verse really was the heart of the message this morning. I'm going to try in the next few minutes give it to you, but I want you to see that Abel offered unto God. By faith, Abel offered. We have recorded here for us the very first act of worship found in the Word of God. Would you turn to Genesis chapter number four? It's where this story is recorded, where faith, or where Abel offered by faith unto God. We're going to read it in a moment. This is the first act of worship recorded for us, and it was done so by faith. Why? Because he did what God required. That was faith in action. That was obedience. He did what God asked of him. You see, Abel came to God and offered his sacrifice as a sinner. But Cain came to God and offered his sacrifice as a saint. It was a completely different spirit. Beloved, if you declare yourself a saint, God will reject you. But if you declare yourself a sinner, God will make you a saint. By faith, it says he offered a more excellent sacrifice. Don't you know it's not a more, more expensive sacrifice? It was not a more beautiful sacrifice. It was more excellent because it was what was required. And yet today, men, by the countless thousands, are still trying to offer their own sacrifice. They're still trying to come to the Lord with their own method instead of God just doing what God said. Just doing what is required. We see here in Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse number 3, we see how Cain was rejected. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Verse number 5, but Cain and to his offering, he had not respect and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And now if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto Cain, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. You see, beloved, God rejects the giver and the gift of false religion. You see, Cain and Abel both had believing parents. It's not enough to have a believing parent. Cain and Abel hold, heard the same lessons growing up. They sat in the same Bible studies. They sat in the same teachings about what God was doing and how God uh, took them and Remove them from the garden because of sin and how they've got to work and toil because 
of that and that God requires the picture that he gave them when he clothed them, teaching them that a sacrifice was needed for the covering of sin. They knew these things, but Cain was not convinced. You see, he didn't have the faith to do what God said to do. He thought, well, I'm just going to do it this way. God even came to him afterwards and tried to talk to him in verses 6 and 7. God came to him and gave him a warning. That, hey, why are you wroth? Don't you understand you didn't do what I asked? If you did what I asked, that would be good. But you didn't, and so sin lieth at the door. You did wrong. But Cain didn't, still didn't repent. I think it's amazing in our text, verse... Verse number four of Hebrews 11, he says at the end, he says, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel's been dead a long time, but he speaks to you and I. What does he say? He says the only way to receive the pardon and peace of God is to do what God requires. (coughs) Excuse me. It's amazing in Genesis chapter Three here we see that uh, where am I, uh, I'm sorry in Hebrews chapter 11 where we just were we're told about what happened here in Genesis chapter 4 and we see pictured for us here one lamb for one man they had to bring a lamb they had to shed his blood it was one lamb for one man we get to the book of Exodus chapter 12 and we're, we were presented with one lamb for one family. Because the one lamb that was spotless, their blood was to be shed and put over the door and the Passover lamb would pass over them because the lamb that was shed covered an entire family. We get to Leviticus and we are presented with one lamb for one nation. On the day of atonement, the high priest would take the shed blood of one innocent spotless lamb and shed his blood and take it in and offer that as a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. And on the day of atonement, one lamb for one nation. But beloved, when we get to the New Testament, we see a lamb presented by John the Baptist who is one lamb for the whole world. He says, behold the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. And it's by faith that we get eyes that can see that lamb who came born in a manger, a baby who lived a sinless life and died on a cross for you and I. And by faith, we come to Jesus Christ and accept that lamb, the one lamb for the whole world. Abel did not spare the firstlings of his sheep and God did not spare his firstborn son. That one lamb shed his blood for you. Sin, beloved, is still covered by the shed blood of the lamb, but not the lamb from the field, but the lamb that was sent from the Father. Oh, that powerful song we love to sing. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove 
my Savior lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know And life is worth the living just because he lives. Do you see what I see? A risen Savior. One that gave his life for all. Not just a babe in a manger, but a risen Savior. Jesus died so that I could live. And he is the only acceptable sacrifice. You and I and every single boy and girl, man and woman, person who ever lived, who came to Christ, came as Christ being their substitute. Abel acknowledged his sin, but Cain contested his sin. Cain was rejected. Abel was made righteous. This is the testimony of the faith, having eyes of faith, being obedient and doing what God requires. The reality of your faith is, refe- is revealed in the reflection or your reaction to difficulties. The reality of your faith is put on display. It's revealed by the reaction to difficulties. Do you still see him when it's dark out? Do you still see him when it's hard? Do you still have eyes of faith to do what is required even when you don't feel like it? The measure of our faith is revealed in the measure of our obedience. Do you see what I see? Do you see a Savior who is Christ the Lord? I'm going to ask the pianist to come and prepare for our invitation. As we close, I'd like to tell you a little story that took place in Germany. At the close of World War II, the Allied forces were going through the cities and trying to clean up and rescue anybody they could, and they're searching the buildings and They had to do so very carefully because there was snipers still around and they were clearing the facilities of snipers and they're making their way through these buildings in very adverse conditions. At one abandoned house, which was almost just a heap of rubble, but they found a complete basement still intact and there in the basement searching for survivors, they saw on the wall an inscription some survivor of the Holocaust had scratched there in the wall a star of David. And below, beneath it, using a rock or some other sharp instrument, they had written on the walls, I believe in the sun, even when it doesn't shine. I believe in love, even when it is not shown. I believe in God, even when he does not speak. The question this morning is, do you see what I see? 
Do you see him even with these? You can't see him. That's what faith does.